0: Good evening and Merry Christmas to you. Normally on Christmas Eve I would do a chalk art presentation, but this year it was a little different. Um, Instead I decided to just draw a little picture for you like this. There you go. An interesting thing about Christmas, as you know, is our gift-giving. You know, at other times during the year, uh, birthdays and anniversaries and so on, we, we give gifts to one person. But at Christmas, we give gifts to many people. In fact, I have a gift for each one of you here tonight, but you probably don't want the gift that I want to give you, which is nothing. <laughs> God has something so much better. We give lots of gifts at Christmas. Why is that? Perhaps deep in our cultural memory, we realize that giving gifts to all is an echo of the first Christmas. As we read in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, But the angel said to the shepherds, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Of course, Uh, There are all kinds of gifts we tend to give each other at Christmas. Uh, There are the uh, what I call the obligatory gifts, uh, like getting a gift card for the boss or co-worker. Then there are the white elephant gifts, which we sometimes pass out at Christmas parties. Then there are the uh, re-gifted gifts, for people who just aren't that special to us. Um, There are costly gifts for the ones that mean the most to us. There are personalized gifts for mom and dad, other family members. And there are handmade gifts for teachers, parents, grandchildren, and so on. I think dads are probably the hardest to give to You know, over the years, I've listened. Some kids insist on a shirt. Others, a pair of socks. And you know what? It usually ends in a tie. Finally, there are those very rare sacrificial gifts given to someone of high esteem out of deep gratitude. Some gifts we receive are so meaningful, uh, so special, they touch us deeply. I don't know if you've ever received a gift like that. Have you ever received a gift so good, so precious, that it left you speechless? Recently, uh, Lynn and I gave our granddaughter, Eliana, a beautiful doll when we were there for a visit. And after it was opened, Here she is when she saw it. Now, that's, she has no words. Honestly, there were no words. She was speechless, which for her, very unusual. She had received the gift we gave her with inexpressible gratitude and joy. And I'm here tonight to say, Jesus is that gift that should take our breath away. Jesus is the greatest of all the gifts ever given in history. Let's just take a minute to consider why. The scripture teaches First of all, that Jesus existed before he was even born. He is the eternal Son of God who created all things. He had no beginning, but he dwelt as God, with God, as the Apostle John says, eternally in glory and majesty, in perpetual, unending love and harmony. Just keep that in mind. Isaiah tells us that Jesus wasn't just born. He was given. Isaiah 9, 6, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus was given to us by God the Father who loved us enough to give us the one thing most precious to him his son as we read in John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life and the reason God gave us this precious gift of his son, was so we could be reconciled to God and receive eternal life to be with him forever. The scripture is clear, we cannot save ourselves. We, we can't somehow uh, keep pressing and working hard to find God, to meet God. None of us, absolutely none of us, myself included, would, would survive the judgment of God for the sins we've committed. We would perish, as the verse says, being eternally separated from God because of sin. God gave his son Jesus so that he would stand in our place and receive the judgment for our sins. He would receive the judgment due for us. And when we believe in Jesus, we receive the ultimate gift from God, eternal life. I think that's why the Apostle Paul, in his letter, second letter to the Corinthians in chapter 5, says this. He begs them. It's so amazing what God has done. We beg you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God because here's why. He made him, Jesus. God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. God's costly, sacrificial gift of Jesus is the gift by which all the other gifts are given to us from God. This is the one gift. If you have it, you have all the other gifts. Romans 8.32, Paul says here, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things. And the one gift from God is the source of life itself. And because of how great the gift of Jesus is, which demonstrates how much God loves us and how far God was willing to go to have a relationship with each one of us, Apostle Paul says, 2 Corinthians 9.15 Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That word indescribable can also be translated inexpressible. There are no words. He can't even come up with something that would be fittingly appropriate for what God has given us in Jesus There are no human words, he says, to describe it or respond to it with sufficient gratitude. It's the gift of gifts, the ultimate. No one could ever in the universe give a gift greater than what God has done. When Jesus was born, God was giving us his eternal son, the greatest and most precious gift ever given. And Jesus is God's gift of salvation. if you have him, you have eternal life. You can't earn it. You can't merit it. You can only receive it. It's a gift. And there's only one way to receive him and eternal life in him, and that is by believing in him as your Savior, the sin bearer, who will bring you to God. Jesus, in the Gospel of John, likens belief in him to a number of things. And an analogy is trying to explain. uh, Belief is, is, uh, it's like seeing him lifted up. (laughs) It's like drinking water. It's like eating bread. It's coming to him, realizing he is our life. We need him to live. That's believing in him. He says it this way in John chapter 6. Verses 32 to 35. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Oh, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. If you've never done so, come to him. I invite you to believe in Jesus and receive God's gift of eternal life. And then once we've believed in Jesus as our Savior, we join a great company of others who worship him as God incarnate. 2,000 years ago, in a little town, after God's gift was silently given, to no fanfare, really, of power brokers and VIPs, he was silently given in a stable. But afterwards, the heavens erupted In glorious praise to God and to his son, the holy child born for us.